Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming to you from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. No, no. That's not what we agreed to. Yes, <laughs> we're doing it. That's not what we agreed to. Live from the Path. It's not, it's not a good start, man. It's not a good start. No, no. Now, the good thing is, is you can't tell just because the show starts bad, because it does most of the time. It could still go either way. I suppose that's a very it can be, There can be a redemption. Here's what we got going on the show tonight. Uh, Allie Crummy is in the studio. She has a, a beautiful voice, of which Mike... Is is totally not representing well. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. It sounded like someone got a hold of an owl and put it in a microwave. No, me and Allie are like competing doorbells at the Walmart. No, you're like when Dollar Tree starts making their own dairy products. That's you. Okay. So anyway, like a buffalo. Anyway, Allie's going to rescue the show after we ruin it. So uh, also, I, I saw this. I saw this article. Did you guys see that article I yes. saw earlier today? No. There was. Hold on. Let me. I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull it up. We're going to hit it up directly. Somebody created a video game. And you, it's you're basically Jesus. You get to be Jesus in the video game. Realistic fight with Satan. What? Now here's what I don't understand. Like, now I, I'll be honest. I kind of want to play it because I want to see what they do. Because like, really, uh, what is this battle with Satan going to look like? Hey, I'll give you the kings of the earth. Uh, don't tempt me. <laughs> exactly. Ten, uh, ten Holy Spirit points. No. <laughs> like, what is? I mean, could you, you leveled up salvation. Could you play a game where Jesus loses, though? I mean, it would, just, it would feel weird. Yeah, there's, like, oh, there's some bad stuff. You know. Somebody tweeted out that, oh, sorry, I'll let you read the article. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shoot, it's thinking about it now. Hold on, I will I will handle this with a musical no, interview. No, no, you do not need it. Before you start, let me tell you that that is not necessary. Yeah. It is not needed or wanted. I've already pulled the string to the motor, Booba. It's just getting ready to cut the tree. It's just starting no matter what we do. Okay. Here we go. The, say, turn on now. the I Am Jesus Christ video game causes stir. Uh, a yet-to-be-launched New Testament-inspired video game that lets gamers play as Jesus Christ is causing a stir. A trailer for I Am Jesus Christ <laughs> is the name of the game has been grabbing plenty of attention. Posted to YouTube by Polish game developer Playway, the trailer indicates that I Am Jesus Christ includes miracle working, crucifixion, and resurrection storylines. The trailer has been viewed more than 330,000 times since it was posted to YouTube on December 6th. So do you try not to get crucified or something? I don't. Uh, oh, man. That would seem like you're not Jesus Christ, but. Uh, yeah. Right. There was a, there was a that I saw post that crucifixion level was completely unwinnable. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. Uh, Wait a minute. Ooh. It can't be lost. Right, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was weird. It was just it was a funny joke. No, I, I would like to kind of watch it. I'm upset. Well, With, maybe they'll have one of those where you can watch someone playing the game on YouTube. This is what I'm saying. Without playing. I, I do kind of want to see it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am curious. Yeah. Watch uh, a walkthrough? It said, have you ever done that? I, I yeah. have not. Yes, I have, but the way you described it, it was the greatest thing I've heard in a while. Did <laughs> yeah. uh, you have one of those things where you can just watch people play the game? <laughs> on, the, on the YouTube channel? Uh, can, can you pull up the tweeter? Yeah. <laughs> Don't people tweet like, out some Insta posts? Like, people do it, uh, like they try to do it as fast as they can, right? So I'd yes, like to see yeah, the you guy. Can go watch a walkthrough or a playthrough. Beat, beat the life of Jesus in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, someone will be trying to set a world record for fastest, like, 
time beating I Am Jesus That's going to be great. So it says, I Am Jesus Christ is a realistic simulator game inspired by stories from the New Testament of the Bible. Explains a description on the video game distribution site Steam. Check if you can perform all famous miracles from the Bible like Jesus Christ. It is a simulation game, and you can try to save the world as he did. Are you ready to fight with Satan in the desert? Exercising <laughs> demons and curing sick people? Or calm the storm in the sea? Now, let me ask you this question. What event do you hope is in there? Ooh. You're like, hey, man, if you're going to do this. I mean, you've got to do you know, some, some demon interaction. I think it'd be hysterical if you have to do a Sermon on the Mount, but you actually have to get the right... Like the attitudes correctly and you in the right do, order. Yeah, in the right order, you yeah. have to do all of the individual scripture correctly, yeah. or like it messes up your popularity points. <laughs> the I, guy in the cave who's cutting himself with rocks yes. and yes. stuff—that would be. That's exactly. my favorite video game. Yeah, that's like. what I'm thinking. That would be awesome. I feel like you have to try to avoid the other disciples to go pray alone. And every time, <laughs> every time that you didn't find a good enough hiding spot, then you have to start working. No, you, I like you yes. got to stay away. <laughs> Because Peter keeps following you around, <laughs> and you're like, I'm off to pray by myself. <laughs> or remember that you time? You keep waking up Peter and John. <laughs> remember that time where they were um, where they were looking for him, and he like his had uh, right, right? He had escaped to to go out. Like they were they were trying to find him to yeah. go heal more people, and instead he wanted to move on to the next town. Yeah, yeah. like that'd be kind of fun. Like mm-hmm. you had to keep dodging him. You're hiding behind <laughs> rocks and cactuses and stuff. Now does this oh. include like the Catholic Bible too? Because there's there's interesting miracles in there. You can yeah. Uh, Maybe well, that's the extras at the end or something. <laughs> The, the, the apocryphal level. <laughs> Gnostic <great>. level. <laughs> what about when he snuck into uh, when he snuck into the um, the festival, right? Like he told everybody he wasn't going to go, and then he yeah. showed up anyway. And yeah. you know, so like he got to sneak into the into the Passover festival. Do you, do you, think yeah. you start as a baby, and you have to level up, and like you have to go to the <laughs> to, it's not much to about the synagogue those levels, and you're, you're hanging out with the old there's like two insta warps where you warp to 12 years old, yeah. you interact in the temple, and then you warp to 30. <laughs> and you hear, yeah, you're so wise. That'd be hysterical if you have to run around doing carpentry oh. until level 30, and then you start doing yeah, right. the, then game, start. the game takes six months. You sit there doing tutorials tables, on carpentry. Day in and day out all the time. And then somewhere in level 14 or whatever, Joseph just magically goes away. Dead? Dead? <laughs> yeah, Papa? and then you, you get to choose in the settings whether the uh, whether your brothers and sisters are actually your brothers and sisters or whether they're your cousins because they're Catholic. <laughs> so you got <laughs> all right. I, I was kind of against this going into this, but I'm now I'm saying, totally all for this game. If there's a bonus level where you like you teleport in here and then there's like five ladies in a lineup, like you got to pick them out on who touched the hem of your garment. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the power leave me. <laughs> okay, so your joystick rumbles. Maybe, maybe my problem is I'm thinking this like as an, as an action game, and it's more like a Sims, right? Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, I think it's a Jesus simulation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the, except however, look at the if the, on the article there is a graphic of the fight with Satan. I don't know if it's an actual graphic from the game or something someone came up with, put on their Twitter, but it looks like it's a legitimate action game. In which you were legitimately fighting a realistic fight with Satan, like, like a like a Diablo looking thing, yes, like it's exactly. very yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's the red devil looking thing, and it's big and horn, good stuff. And, yeah, okay. So uh, it says the uh, 
Let's see. I hope Revelation's the, the, an unlockable level. The game's subject matter has caused plenty of buzz on social I media. It. I got it. I like it. <laughs> we could weep right over it. Church. There will be weeping. <laughs> yes, yes. 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 <laughs> you hear some trumpets in the background. It's like, oh, no, it's my time. <laughs> you want to be funny. It's Seals have been broken it's along. Time it's time. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to press O over and over again to break the seal. <laughs> It would be great if you get to choose, when you get to Revelation, you can play a figurative or literal mode. <laughs> that some guy gets stuck waiting a thousand years. Are you a He can't do anything. <laughs> oh, this is great. I feel like we should be calling uh, Playway and letting them know that we have some notes on how this could be way better. Uh, it says, uh, let's see, tweets. Uh, I am Jesus Christ has also received criticism. Too, oh, 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 uh, oh, really? Too far, Playway. Thumbs down, wrote one commenter on Playway's Facebook page in response to the trailer. John Piper. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly John Piper. <laughs> Too far. Play. Yeah. Him and Paul Washer have already published 10 articles on it. Uh, Christians play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that did make me think, though. Is it, uh, like, this is the time of year where plenty of people are, are Jesus. Right? right. Yes. I mean, there's plenty of G- people dressing up as Jesus all over the place, and they seem to feel like this is appropriate. We don't have a problem with that. Why is it further for playing the video game? Some people have a problem. Oh, yeah. oh my! What do you What do you do? How about all, how about all movies where Jesus is depicted? Same thing. Well, I, the the arguments I don't think make a lot of sense. You know, like it's like a graven image argument yeah. sort of thing, but it's like he appeared in the flesh. So. Yeah, it's different than making an an image of God the Father. I would I would agree. As a matter of fact, I think the uh, the language in Genesis one actually points like uh, the, the root of is actually an idol, like images mm-hmm. as people as idols. So like as mm-hmm. a human, we're implicitly that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We're made right in on. His image. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's see. No details of the game's release date have been posted, although the description on Steam says that it's coming soon. <laughs> That is. That sounds awesome. like an Easter release. <laughs> Wait, is this a joke? Yeah. Is that an elaborate joke? Yes, it has. Steve will return John. soon. Yes. Is that what it is? Soon. I am Christ that, coming soon. That is awesome. Come quickly. I, yeah, that's because that's how that's read. I am Jesus Christ coming soon. If if I just got played by that video game, I'm I appreciate it. I feel like they have just lost a level. ton of people. <laughs> this is fantastic. Wait. <laughs> Then if they try and release it a second time, like if they make <laughs> if they make an I am Jesus Christ two, it's already been out for a thousand years. <laughs> so well, when's the release date for that second Jesus Christ game? We've been waiting a while. Knows. About it. Right. Not even the sun. Knows. There's a there's a third level. Of the- <laughs> that would be hysterical. I don't even know. Nobody knows when, they, when the release date is. Don't worry about it. All even the developers don't know. <laughs> two were playing and one disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jesus Christ too. Now with realistic rapture. Yeah, weeds versus weeds. <laughs> okay, this is the best game ever. <laughs> if they've done even half of this, I'm impressed. Oh, I'm so scared that we have just talked this whole thing up, and it's going to be a terrible game. But I think, like I said, we need to send this show to them. And be like, hey, we have some great ideas for what could happen. I'm just glad we changed the camera angle because I will never be on this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You guys I, will be gone, and I will stay. Is just oh man, that's awesome. Uh, all right, hey, you're listening live from the path. Thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Uh, there you go. Hey, hey, maybe you maybe you hate that conversation. You think we're outrageous. <laughs> Hit us up on the complaint line, the uh, Bob Eisenhower complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. Uh, we can do calls or texts. We would love to hear from you. Uh, hey, would you play this uh, I Am Jesus Christ uh, video game? And if you would, 
Or even if you wouldn't, what features are missing? I mean, what are must-haves on this game? Maybe yeah. we need a sponsor to purchase one for us. Yeah. Yeah, Bob. that's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> for every complaint, Bob will give us $10. Yeah, I'll call him. Call Bob. <laughs> yeah, I'll call yeah. right now. He's super cool. We, this, this is a good a time as any to tell him he's sponsoring this complaint line. <laughs> you know what? I ran into him a couple weeks ago, and I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> oh, hey, that reminds me. Uh, if, you're do, if you're ever searching for the show oh, on Live from the Path and uh, on the Google, and then you click the, the icon that goes to website, it goes to some sort of... Uh, uh, Online pharmacy. Yes. Let's call it that. The best way to talk about it. Oh. I f- hey, I fixed that. <laughs> I re- oh, did, oh, good. Yeah, I repaired that. So just so you know, we, we got uh, we got hijacked. Just yeah, someone snuck in and uh, yeah, yeah, and they they basically reroute it so that it goes to their online pharmacy. It was a pretty common deal uh, huh. for for low rent uh, internet uh, purveyors such as ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I, f- I fixed that just for a heads up. Sweet. If that ever happens again, uh, give us the buzz on the complaint line. I'll, I'll get that repaired. It's probably been like that for eight years. Yeah. Live yeah. from the pharmacy. <laughs> Somebody brought it up one time in the last eight years. Hey, man, your website redirects to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, so here's the deal. Uh, you, you have been listening to the show for uh, nigh on uh, 10, 14 minutes, uh, and you did not even know that you have been blessed uh, to be listening to the uh, d- delightful uh, sonic uh, voice of Ali Crummy. And so uh, Allie's in studio. She has got, uh, she's got a single out. She's got a couple EPs on the way. And so here's what I'm going to let you do. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you uh, with a tune. And uh, then we can uh, learn some more about her. And you can find out where to, uh, where to pick up said music and uh, engage in what she has going on. So let's, let's first uh, hear the song. And then we can get the background on it. Uh, Allie, are you ready for Out of My Head? I am. All right. Let's, uh, let's fire this up. Uh, you're listening to Live from the Path. This is Allie Crummy with Out of My Head. As the deer longs for streams of water, I thirst and I long for you, Lord. Why am I so depressed? Why all this turmoil in me? When can I come into your presence? Out of my head and into your hands, my anxious thoughts and heavy burdens above it all I give you my heart and place my hope in my Savior and God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deep calls to deep in the roar of your sweep over me the Lord will send his faithful love by day and his song will be with me at night time out of my head and into your hands my anxious thoughts and my heavy burden above it all I give you my heart Place my hope in my Savior, God. Oh, place your hope in God. I will still praise Him more. Oh, 
place your hope in God, my Savior and my God. God, my rock, out of my head and into your hands, my anxious thoughts and my heavy burdens. Above it all, I give you my heart and place my hope in my Savior God. Out of my head and into your hands, my anxious thoughts and my heavy burdens. Above it all, I give you my heart and place my hope in my Savior God. Oh man, that was fantastic! Yeah, that was great. I love that, Mike. You were nowhere near as good as her. <laughs> well, now I don't want to go. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, Ali Crummy with "Out of My Head." So, Ali, tell us a little bit about um, where that song came from. Um, the song is based on Psalm 42, um, as the deer longs for streams of water. Um, at our church, Walnut Creek, we did a series on the Psalms. Last year, I think it was, and we thought it'd be cool to like try and do some original pieces, or maybe not even original pieces, but just some songs based on the psalms. And so I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a fun challenge." And so um, that was one week that that I, you know, I was, I was okay. It's Psalm forty-two this week, so I kind of adapted it from a song that I had written many years prior. Um, and I changed the lyrics, and we won't talk about what that song. Was. Toothbrushes? Was it, <laughs> it, was about, it was about toothbrushes and toast. So wow, um, I love peanut butter song. It I wasn't like about anything <laughs> bad. It just you know, it just wasn't a, uh, a younger time. It was from a younger time. Hey man, I've done that. I, I've I've looked at like poetry and stuff that I wrote when I was sixteen. Sure. And I've I've been there. I thought, yeah, oh, I know. Nope. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. This seemed deep and that's impactful. Right. But that's nobody what, loves that's, what I, that's how I feel about all this. We're everybody's regretful sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, that's us. We're locked into that time frame. Uh, hey, so so you're talking about songs that you had written kind of mm-hmm. uh, a ways back. What what uh, how far back or what got you into music to begin with? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I've I've the first song that I wrote, I think I was like, you know, I remember a song that I wrote from six. Like, I remember, I remember that. Um, and I was, you know, I wrote before then. I had taken lesson, p- piano lessons starting at like age five. Um, and, you know, off and on r- writing, but, you know, I'd have seasons where I was committed to more, you know, the habit of it. Um, so I had a season probably more like 15 years, well, maybe like 10 to 15 years ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, I studied music at Drake. Um, and so that helped a lot with the songwriting, kind of gave me some, um, a, lang- a little bit more of a language to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah more kind of tricks and tools to like play around with but yeah it was more recently probably around five years ago that i just i knew that you know i so you know i guess okay it's I always have sung, sung at church, and I always have led worship since I became a Christian in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always been on my heart, but then I had three kids. And so sometimes I would be, you know, a little bit less in the mix, and there would, you know, be months and, even, yeah, months or even longer between when I would get to sing at church, and I would notice that I had that desire no matter what, whether I was singing every week or whether I was never singing. Um, that never really went away. and I kind of got to the point where I realized it's not really fair for me to put this on the church from like the church has to be the only outlet that I have to kind of, um, you know, I guess this sounds bad, but to gratify my desire to play or to sing, um, or to use my gifts in that way, it doesn't seem fair to, to put that whole burden on the church. And so I, um, decided, okay, well, I can write my own music, and I'll, I'll devote some time to that and see what happens. And then, um, so that was probably around five years ago that I decided to, like, okay, I'm going to spend some real time doing this. Um, and then in doing that, I was like, you know what? It would be a lot easier if I, to write music if I could play the guitar because I only played piano prior to that. Mm-hmm. And so about four years, going on four years ago, I learned how to play guitar. I taught myself on my, chi- on my kid, my son Ambrose, on his um, toy guitar. Sweet. <laughs> um, which was a great way to learn because it's small. Um, and then, yeah, and then eventually worked up to regular guitars. And then, um, and then my husband and I now, we, we lead worship, and we've been doing that for, you know, leading together, me on guitar, and, and he's singing more. That's been probably about three years that we've been doing that. So anyway, that's quite there's the, been a lot of so- songwriting in there too. So that's that's a kind of a cool transition. Now, when you when you said you uh, like when you taught yourself guitar, did you use a book? Did you do videos? Did you have someone else kind of help you, or like how did you do it? That's a good question. What did I do? Um, I probably YouTube. Yes, did some of it, but also I um, I have like you know because I because I have a degree in music, yeah. I have. You know, I know, okay, so if I want to play an F chord, I need F, A, and C in there. You know, right. So I could figure it out. Oh, okay, so this one's E, so okay, all right, that's F. You know, that sort of thing. Yep. So some of them I found out, I figured out that way, and I still figure out chords that way still sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I think it was mostly just like after the kids were in bed, um, tried to get, you know, the one, four, five, six down. And yep. then I was like, I can lead worship now. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I can lead worship. As soon as I can suspend the second, I'll be in Tomlin territory. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Do you remember the yeah. first song that you learned? Like the first song where you felt like, hey, I got, I, I got this. I can play this through on the, on the guitar? It was probably one of mine. I, yeah. I think I probably just, you know, I probably got to the point where, okay, I can play one, four, five, six, you know? Yep. And so I'll just... Right. Oh, here's this idea of a song. Okay, and here one thing leads to another, and then here you go. You have a song. So I think that was probably how it was. And then getting the capo really helped because oh then then I could play in different keys. Right. And now I like to think I'm a little bit better now, but I know that I plateaued a few years ago. So. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's <laughs> leveled off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, did do, do you have uh, any particular songwriting influences? Ooh, that's a good. Um. I have a lot of different influences. I think I, um, 
I don't know. I, I do. I love. Um, do, if you're familiar with the band Pun- the Punch Brothers, anyone? Ooh. Well, you guys should all look them up. They're really great. The reason that I like them is because they're a bluegrass band, but they're really more like a fusion band, and they like they take um, a lot of different genres, but a lot of like art music elements, and then they do it with bluegrass um, instruments. And so, like my first, the reason I fell in love with that band. Well, if you know Nickel Creek, you know Nickel Creek. Yeah. Okay, so the mandolin player Chris Thiele is the front man of the Punch Brothers. Um, but yeah, so like the, their first album, they had um, four tracks on it were a suite. So they were each like 12 minutes long. Each track was 12 minutes long. And it was just, yeah, it just felt kind of like going to a recital, yeah. like my Drake days. Um, and yeah, and just kind of very um, off-the-wall music ideas, but that really work together a lot of like just really thoughtful orchestration like and really like epic bluegrass like i'm thinking very like epic beethoven bluegrass. suites of things that all kind of go together yes but like a, a, a frolicking bluegrass number in four in four odes that's what we're talking yeah, about yeah yeah i mean and, it, and, it, awesome. and like part of it goes into almost like atonal worlds and stuff i mean it's super cool okay. and in fact chris Thiele has written uh mandolin concerto that is with a full symphony hmm. orchestra so like um oh, hey, hang on a minute, <laughs> <laughs> hang on a minute. thank you <laughs> this train has left the station three three weeks ago and i'm stuck on i don't know what what art music is <laughs> i'm sitting in the back going i love you lost me at one four five six or whatever. when you said Shut up, Booba. You're, you're derailing the train. When you said <laughs> it's art music, what does that mean? Oh, that's, yeah. So, okay. Um, maybe think of it like this. Like, have you, you know, high church and low church? Crap, which one are we? Okay. We're low church. Low, low. Hey, yeah. low church. Yeah. Are, they, are they in the basement? <laughs> yeah. So, like, high church would be like... Um, Liturgy like, versus high five. Yeah. Like, ah. um, like an Anglican church yeah. or like a right Catholic on. or something like that. Um. So think of that. That's kind of like you know, art music is high church, and folk music is, is or pop music or rock or whatever. That, that's the music of the people. And then you know, it's like Beethoven, Mozart, all that. That those that was that's art. But this is this is this is high church bluegrass. High church bluegrass. Um. Well, I. That sounds like an awesome band name. It'd be kind of okay. So to go with the analogy, it would yeah. be like um a like a house church. Doing a full liturgy kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. Is, I'm just thinking right off the top of my head. I've not thought this through. Nope. That's that the last hits, 10 um, years of this show. That's okay. That hits okay, me good. right in my soul. Everything that you said right there makes so, perfect yeah, sense So, yeah, that would me. be a good analogy, maybe. Second service uh, Presbyterian. Yeah. <laughs> not, the, not the first one with the robes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. These are yeah, all but awesome the, yeah, you yeah. have, yeah. like, second, in a house church, you have someone wearing a, the robe. Oh, you know, awesome, and awesome you have, band name. <laughs> hey, like we worship Jesus, but you can vape in here. <laughs> but but Come no, on in, Chad, it's all right. Or a pipe, but not a, not like a real cigarette. <laughs> yeah, pipes are pipes are vapes. Okay, I'm in it. Okay, pipes are vapes. So, so we've got high church bluegrass. <laughs> have you seen the service Presbyterian? Have you seen that vaping that I got? the vaping pipe? Where you can smoke a uh, like it looks like a pipe. Oh, it looks like a meerschaum pipe. Yeah, but it's a <laughs> it's a vapor. Oh no! <laughs> I'm telling you Society. what. Society. Wrong. You know what? I, you're gonna ruin the pipe for everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was Corn a classic pipe with a vape cloud. That's yeah. not okay. No good. 
Sorry, Ben. Okay, so but, but, but just to land this plane here, though, yes. I didn't listen to that first song of yours. I didn't think High Church Blue. No, I know. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you appreciate the genius of somebody, and then you can't replicate it yourself. Um, so Jerry Springer says he really digs on Oprah as an influence, but his show doesn't look like Oprah. Yeah, that's probably... That, that seems like a very <laughs> harsh that's comparison. Where we're I'm at. very sorry about that. Saying, man, are you kidding it's me? just what came into my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should take a step back from that. Okay. <laughs> Ali Chromi... You did not sound I'm like the, the Jerry, Jerry Springer, Springer of, of Springer. Oprah. Okay, we call you that Jerry. song was phenomenal. You're a great singer. You know what? You know what? Forget it. I don't take it back. <laughs> I'm protected by... You know how Jerry Springer wishes he was Oprah? <laughs> you see that? You kidding me? You listen to the Punch Brothers though, and it's you it's no church true. Bluegrass. It's true. I shouldn't have even brought him up. Put your vape away. <laughs> You're disgusting. No, you did great. The host of ten years just messed that one up. You're just fine. No, I, I don't take it back. <laughs> I sit where I sit. <laughs> Okay, okay. Wait, so, so was your family musical? Like, do you come from a musical family, or are you an aberration? <laughs> um, yeah, I come from a musical family. Okay. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> come on, I'm man. important on. to my family. So are you um, odd, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> on fire. Things are weird about you. Come on, man. Jeez. Hey, okay, before this trade leaves another station, <laughs> where, this, this music is available. To hear, to hear commercially, Are correct? you talking about the Punch Brothers or are you talking about... No, yours. My uh, stuff. Yes. Okay, well, the Punch Brothers, yes, those are <laughs> they are available. Um, no, but mine is... I have a single out. Okay. Um, called I Have Peace, which is the next song that I'll sing. Oh, my gosh. Um, don't worry. You ben guys got me all frazzled. This is why I don't Jerry take it back. <laughs> <laughs> She's throwing punches. <laughs> um... So, I, yes, so one is available now, but more will be available hopefully early spring. I'm going to, we're going to, we've got studio dates in early January to record my first EP, which will include the single, um, and then, and then five additional songs. You and already have the five songs picked out? I do have the five songs picked out. The three songs I'll sing tonight mm-hmm. are all, are three of the five. Um, well, I, uh, I guess that's not true. It's two of them are of the five, and then the one is I have peace. But it will, they're all, they'll, three of the six sure. that will be on the EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then once that's out and launched, then we'll do a second EP with different instrumentation. Um, and a lot of those songs are going to be TBD. So we'll find out. And the release date of that will be in 2020 sometime as early as we can get it. Well, let's say you're super interested in these in these promises. You say, "Hey, this music sounds. I want to get in on the single, and I want to know when the stuff is coming out." And you want to be kind of on the front line of it. The the, the best place to find Ali is on the Insta. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna go at Ali Crummy Music. That's A L L I E C R U M M Y Music altogether. That's right. Uh, on the Insta, and uh, and that that's 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 where she lives. She's most comfortable there. Yeah. Yes. I'm on you, Facebook as well. And Facebook is so last year. YouTube. I do have a music video out on YouTube, so oh. that's fun. Okay, so so that and that's what you can check out now. You can go watch the video for "I Have Peace." Mm-hmm. Um, that's out on on YouTube now. Do, do you know your YouTube uh, handle? I think it's Ali Crummy Music. Yeah, there we go. It's the same everywhere. Just try it out everywhere and yeah. see what happens. Just yeah. yeah, whatever happens happens. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't click on the <laughs> website button, no, in case some 
You have a do you have a, a website, an actual site? I don't. I no. should. My yeah. husband. It is only a, brings. He pain. could do I was that. Say, make sure it doesn't take you to some. To take it like yeah. a weed thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> a pharmacy. <laughs> I feel like I understand. Did you, saw it did you air quote it? I didn't see that. Was yeah. there an air quote? Yeah. She saw through Roll the, the tape. Yeah, yeah. Roll the tape. Hey, she said weed. I didn't say weed. <laughs> she said weed because it's like the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it's all right. low church now. Okay, so uh, so so two things two things you're gonna do three things you're gonna do relatively directly after you get done listening to the show. The first thing you're gonna go to Instagram and you're gonna find Ali Crummy Music and you're gonna follow it so that you can keep, be kept up to date on everything that's going on. <clears throat> two, once you sign up for that, I'm I'm confident there's either a link to the video or the video out on this Instagram to yes, go watch the I true. Have Peace video, yes. which I did see and it looks good and you will recognize. Uh, uh, Micah from the August mm-hmm. Guns. Mm-hmm. He's in the video. Yeah, you can like he cuts a he cuts a mean cloth. I saw him and I said, "Hey, that's Micah from the August Guns." Yeah, he's on there. You can check him out. Yeah. Uh, three, uh, you're gonna go listen to these Punch and Hillbillies. What was it again? Punch, oh, Punch Brothers. The Punch Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Punch I didn't. I did not mean to make this whole thing about the Punch Brothers, but you're gonna they check are it out. Great. I'm gonna listen to it. You're gonna listen to it. And you're gonna get back to me, and we're gonna we're gonna pair notes. And that's that's what we're gonna do. So those are the three things. Put them on the list. And to clarify. They really did only the one suite, so the rest of it is not going to sound quite as art music-y, but the first album... I'm really deflated. The, the, I, was, I know. Okay. I should I got a lot roll of this all back and edit, all, edit it all out. Uh, uh, no, no, the tape's free on the internet, Allie. We, we just let it roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, okay. Um, hey, so check this out. I was up in, I was in Minneapolis this week, and I stayed at a hotel that I don't normally stay in. Like, I, usually I stay in the cheap hotel... Uh, but there was like a bargain on the nicer hotel that was closer to work, so I stayed at this nicer hotel. Uh, and anyway, there's this, there's this, uh, th- there's one restaurant in the basement, and it's called it's I call it Gulia, but it's it's certainly not Gulia. It's like a, some kind of Italian restaurant. What would they say it? How would they say it, Buva? Gulia? Yeah, I, it's probably not Gulia. They wouldn't right? say it like that. No, I, I'm, I'm, I would just, I have no idea. I have no idea how to, you're spelling it, how it looks. Gulia. Gulia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Gulia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seems like how Mike did it. Yeah, anyway, like I did. It. So <laughs> with the hand up too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's definitely an Italian yeah. restaurant. So, yeah. so anyway, I go here and like. I'm not prepared for this. I don't, I don't do well in social situations, even when I'm by myself. And so I look at this menu, and they have, like, these pizzas. You can make your own pizzas, and they're, like, 18 bucks for this pizza. The next thing on the menu was $42. So $18 pizza that you eat by yourself or some sort of, like, lamb dish. Uh, and, like, everything else was 40 bucks and above. And here's the thing. I don't really like to explain to my boss why I ate a $40 lamb dish. So I'm in for this pizza. Okay, and so I order this pizza, and they uh, it takes it's taking like forever. I'm sitting there waiting for it; it's taking forever. The guy finally shows up, and he says, "I'm very sorry, sir. We gave your pizza to someone else." And I'm like, "What? What do you mean you gave it to someone else?" And then he leans down and he whispers in my ear, and he goes, "The Pope is in the area." What? And I said, "I'll be me at Julia." I I said, (laughs) "I'll be doggone, sir." He didn't order the lamb dish. <laughs> but apparently, the, so the, the Pope, but he wasn't staying. I thought maybe he was staying in the hotel. And, uh, but, but he wasn't. He was in town. He was in some kind of, like a van, like a bus, like a traveling bus, like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Like he was, and he, he was on his way to Des Moines. And I say, I'll be doggone it again. I'm from that area. And they said, no, the, 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 the Pope is definitely in town. And he's, 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 we've heard he's in, he got pizza and now he's in Des Moines. And so I get back home and I start asking around, and there's a crowd of people that uh, that I followed, 
and they ended up at, at Mike's place. And I'm like, what the heck ever? Mike is not Catholic. There's no way the Pope is at his place. And so I kind of go in and talk to him, and it turns out that there's been a, a malicious rumor that Mike is the Pope. And all these people have gathered on his front lawn. And so now the, the problem is he's got to get him to go away. And so the resolution always, always, this is for you, this is advice from me to you, always if someone mistakes you for the Pope, the way to get them off their lawn is to give them some sort of advice like the Pope would. When he walks out onto the veranda thing and he gives the advice, uh, but it's got to be something that's relevant to your life, so it's heartfelt, and they take it home with them. So, Mike, you have to give them some Pope-style advice. What did you say? So I walked out, walked out to my door, and I looked out at the mass of people, and I said, um, listen, I went and visited a family member of mine in the hospital, and um, they're, 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 it's, hmm, they're not, it's, it's coming to the end for them. It's, it's, it's just is. And um, I, was, I was sitting there talking to him, and I listened to him speak, and every word out of his mouth was a grateful one. Right? He was grateful for every little kid he saw. He was grateful for, every, for, for my daughter. He knows my kids you know, okay well, but you know, not very well, but like he just considered them to be such a blessing. He, he was grateful for every nurse that came in, every janitor that came by, every doctor that stopped by just to say hello. And like where the doctor would come in or the nurse would come in and I could I picked out six things that irritated me about the dude, you know, his squeaky shoes or whatever. I felt he wasn't in there very long. And and the patient he's just sitting there, just great he goes, Boy, they just do and then they left the room and he looks at me and goes, Boy, they just do a great job here. They just really do. They just do a great job. I'm so grateful that they have such caring people here. And I thought, Man, I could not been more disappointed in myself that I just flat out don't have a grateful heart. Like, I just, I just don't. I could spend a solid amount of my day thinking about everything that was, you know, not right or the, everything that I, I, you know, irritated me or I didn't think was up to whatever I thought it was going to be. And, and the thing is, is I'd like to chalk it up to the fact that, like, um, that he is not going to be here much longer, but he's always been this way. Ever since I've known him, he's been this way. And, and, and he's 95 now. And so I've probably known him for 20 years, and, and he has always been this. He, it's, he always, every time he would reminisce about somebody from his past, he goes, yeah, they were just such great people. And in my head, I'm thinking, no possible way everybody you've ever met is that great. There is no possible way that every person that you recall a story of or have an interaction with that you think, yeah, they were just a great, they were great people. And I, I think it can be that. I think, it's, I think I'm not that way. And I think that maybe I'm not alone. <laughs> I think maybe I spend a lot of time not appreciating the fact that I get to know even my own kids, right? Like I look at them as the role they play, which is one of my children, right? But like if I, if I look past that and look at who they actually are and the, and the interaction that I get to have with them and the complete gift of, of just being able to know another person and to have another person know you, I think you could probably actually look back on a good bulk of your life and be grateful for those interactions. And I think maybe on the whole, I think we completely waste that. I think I completely waste that. Where I, you know, it's easier, it's funnier to tell the story about how that one, like there's a guy with the super squeaky shoes this morning. I spent probably 20 minutes making fun of this guy to a friend of mine. Every time I was, we were just standing around talking, and here come old squeaky shoes. <laughs> you know, I was like, ah, he's got squeaky shoes. You know, <laughs> where... Where Grandpa would have gone up and talked to the guy, knew him, 
And he goes, yeah, that Mark, he's a really, he's a great guy. He had some squeaky shoes, but he was a great guy. You know what I'm saying? It's a complete afterthought. Complete afterthought that my main goal is the comedy, making fun of the man's shoes, right? And so anyway, I think I say all that to say that like in, in the, in the amount of time that I was up there talking to him, I just realized that, that I, I feel like I've, I've wasted a giant amount of my life being disappointed in, in, in people and not grateful for them, even the, one, even the ones that caused me a lot of trouble and caused me a lot of heartache. Um, it really is a perspective change. You don't, have to, you don't have to be mad. You don't have to hate them. You don't have to be irritated with them. Uh, that is a choice that you make. I mean, you don't have to put yourself in a position where you're going to be harmed. You know, I mean, there's there's obviously times to back out of relationships and whatever. And I don't, I don't want to swing with a giant bat, but um, I mean, some of the little things I, you know, it's it is a complete choice of yours to choose to be grateful for them or not grateful for them. So my Pope style advice is: remember whose kingdom it is. That you don't have to fight for your own. You get to choose to be grateful, and it's 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 God's kingdom, not yours. So be grateful for the things that. that you know, especially for the relationships and the people, even if it's just the guy you see at the gas station every Tuesday. I mean, that guy don't have to smile at you. He don't have to remember your name. He doesn't have to remember that you always get a Mountain Dew and a Twinkie, <laughs> right? But he does. But he does. Why? I don't know why. He just does. And that it's just weird little things like that that I just, I don't know. My Pope's advice is, is, is try to replace some of that irritation and, and maybe upsetness and just trade that in for some humility and some gratefulness. You know what I think it is? Because uh, I, I very much do that. And I think there's, there's something that's inborn that says, uh, one, I want to feel like I have things figured out. And so if I believe that I am, uh, if I am wiser than the world around me, when it acts, I act, um, it's, it's to be consistent with that, I shouldn't be surprised. So when the gas station guy does things that a gas station guy would do, um, I shouldn't be surprised or grateful for it because that's just what it's supposed to do, and I'm wise and I'm hip to that, and I know that. Um, and so, like, it's it's kind of built in as people um, for us not to be. Uh, I'm I'm grateful when I'm surprised, right? When I didn't expect something. And so the problem is, is that my expectation, uh, I very much believe I either am owed or my sense of what is normal um, doesn't bend towards gratefulness. It bends towards, oh yeah, I have this figured out. The way that person holding open the door doesn't surprise me. I'm too cool for school. They hold open the door because they should have. And so why should I have to feel grateful for that? And, like, it's not an attempt to say I don't want to be grateful, but, like, it's just I think it's an attempt to say um, I'm not surprised by anything to, to as some way to say that I have control, more control of my world than I actually have. You know, it's, it's actually it's a prime example with how we interact with, with Yahweh, too. It's, it, I, I recall specifically this in this past week, I, I ain't kidding you, I got down on my knees and put, buried my head on the floor and prayed for something. And I asked God to interact in something. And he did. He absolutely showed up and did it. Like to the point where I went and found a rock and wrote on it. I'm not a big rock guy, but building the rock. Yeah, but, I, but I thought, this, if I've ever been part of a rock day, this is a rock day. Putting up an Ebenezer. I'm yes, putting up mean. an Ebenezer. I'm fine. I, I, in fact, I text the woman. I said, woman... Today's a rock day. I want you to find me a rock, and I'm gonna. I, that's it. Today's a rock day. And I thought, I the whole time I thought, I know he did it. I know he did it. I asked him to do it. I prayed about it, and he showed up like this in direct response for what I've done. And then the next day, you could not find me in that same mindset. 
which means my grateful I assented to it. Like we always talk about this is like it it doesn't do you any good to cognitively assent to Jesus. Right? You're just in. You're a follower of Christ, right? You can't just agree with him. You got to follow him. And like even when God shows up and answers a direct prayer that I begged him for, and I and at the time it was overwhelming and I was just so blown away that he even cared to answer that. But he did, and I don't know why he did, but he did. And then the next day, I thought, if someone had just given me like a brand new car two days ago, I would still be extremely grateful for that. But because I think God is a God of interaction, and God is a God of doing crazy things, and I've seen him do it, you're right. I just go, well, that's what God does. Right. Mm -hmm. So my gratefulness goes, eh. You know, yeah. like, I, I, it's not like I can't acknowledge it was awesome. It was awesome. But without that sense of gratefulness, it seems like I miss my right place, and more importantly, his right place. Well, and think of, think of how many other relationships in your life get stale because of that, right? Like, uh, everyone appreciates their spouse when you get married, and then you just start relegating them to roles. Well, isn't that what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do anyway? And then you stop being grateful for the very things that, like, you were super grateful at the beginning. And, like, it isn't because your situation has changed. It's because your perspective has changed. You got used to something, decided that you were owed it or that it was normal. And then as it continues to move on, you no longer thank that person or think of them kindly for, for doing those things or being that person for you. Um, it's, some people are so great at this. Like, the way that they look at the world, they're like, boy, I just I thank God for the breath I have today. And, like, that is not me. I feel like, Lord, you created the breath. It is doing what it is supposed to do. And so, like, it is just not in me to be like, Lord, I thank you for this very breath today. I'm like, you could have killed me already, and you decided not. It's, I don't, I'm not saying I'm thinking about this right. I'm just saying, like, it just does not, it does not flow through my mind in this way. Um, and it's, and it, it causes me, uh, Mike, Mike, I think to your point, to be ungrateful because it assumes things. It moved as my standard of as God's standard of grace continues to be further revealed in my life, I just accept it as if it is now belongs to me. Not that it is more further and more robustly sustaining me in the life that I have. And, I'm, and, and uh, to that extent, um, I become ungrateful. Uh, or, or I, it's not ungrateful, it's just blind to it. Yeah. Like I don't, and it, same thing, like the very, I've been married for whatever, 15 years. Same, same risk. Doing the very same thing and not appreciating what is one of the things that my, my wife and I pray about is like, hey, man, we, we should be enjoying our children. Like, I feel like sometimes we just don't like we're, we're going through the motions of making sure that we are trying to parent well and trying to raise them to be good humans. But like they are enjoyable people. I like them. Uh, and if I go like three days and I don't found that I've enjoyed my kids, that's not their fault. I don't care what they did. That was that's on me. I'm just I'm simply setting myself to not enjoy these cool little humans that the Lord has given me to, to shepherd around. Uh, and that and that that's on me. Yeah, you can get off my lawn now. I'm grateful for that you stopped by. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, right. How do so? Uh, so uh, uh, Dan, what, what do we do here? Like, uh, I stink at this. Help me. Oh man, how do I fix it? <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I go back and forth. I have days where I, I am thankful, like for every third breath, and I'm like, I look up in the sun and I think. This Hey, thank you. I, I'll go through two weeks and not think of anything. I, and I, I, I'll go back and forth where <laughs> yep. you are, and and uh, not not to get really weird, but but I, I read once. I wish I could find where I read this that the the Jews had like a, a official blessing and prayer they did after a bowel movement, 
And <laughs> it was like a, they did like after every one, like I thank you God, you, you know, like mm-hmm. get the bodies work and everything. And there were times I, I'll, I'll think, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think, okay, that's really weird. <laughs> but that's when I have those moments, right? And I, you know, and but uh, yeah. Well, it's really helpful, Dan. Where your heart goes, Dan. It, it was Man, an official I Jewish thing. Yahweh for something in a while. <laughs> it had a name. I don't remember it. Although, actually, so building, that, that's a good point. Building it into your prayer life is super helpful. We've been talking about this, actually, at church, um, as, as, a, as, a, as a church. Um, we, uh, we, we, I was looking at Sunday morning, and, and basically, uh, we spend a lot of time, we focus on, on, on pretty deep and kind of intensive te- Um We spend a time singing and praising. And, um, but then I looked and said, look, if I wanted any, any, to somebody to know anything about our church community, like, it could be like, those guys will pray you under the table. And I thought, we could not pray anybody over the table. Like, we have a few people that could do it. But, like, as a community, like, we, it's just, it's not a crazy big focus for us. And, like, and it's reflected in Sunday morning that it isn't. I thought, well, that has to change. And so we've actually been spending, like, focused time um, on prayer um, over the last few weeks. And, like, that was one of the key things um, that, that is, is starting to guide us is that, like, don't just show up and start spurting at God whatever's on your mind. Like, that would be rude if you were meeting someone for coffee to do that. And so I'm just going to do that to God. And one of the things, uh, the helpful things was, like, let's just start acknowledging who God is and what he does. And, like, if you have to go through the alphabet uh, and think of what matches and, um, and start, start doing that to help you get, get, get your mind and, and start thinking about God that way, um, then great. And that actually helps me start being grateful because I start, I start forcing myself to recognize uh, that God is, 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 is accommodating uh, and love is bountiful. And like things like that, and like then I start being grateful for it. So even re- being reminded of who God is and things that describe Him start causing me to be grateful for things that I had otherwise not acknowledged. Uh, and so, to be honest, that, that's been actually helpful in in bringing those things to mind. So I mean, if it's something that you're struggling with, just been doing that for the last few weeks, and that's been super helpful. And you could you could pray about the bowel movements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dan, did you Google it? it? Oh, Dan. <laughs> Your search results are going to be tainted for weeks. Did you go incognito mode on that? <laughs> Jewish bowel movement. Asher Yatzer? I don't know. Is that, like, that wrong. that like the name of that Italian restaurant? <laughs> they said the Yazir. Decided after discretion. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> How do they describe it? <laughs> Engaging in an act of what? Uh, after uh, using... Hmm. Uh, I mean, I got the Hebrew writing. What does unsuccessful look like? <laughs> I don't, we're not talking about that. <laughs> nope. I'll get back to you. Move it, yeah. Jerry? <laughs> we'll do Jerry Springer there. <laughs> Jerry Springer. I can do it. I'm, I'm Jerry. Jerry Springer of hosts. Uh, okay, so let's do this. Um, Ali, let's jump into another tune. Okay, great. Go, go ahead and grab your uh, grab your axe there. So the, the, Ali's going to do the song that, uh, the, uh, the single that is out. Yeah. And so remember, you can you can find her on Instagram at, <clears throat> at Ali Crummy Music. A L I E C R U M M Y music, and, uh, and 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 get a take a look at his video. I saw the view; it's beautiful. It's a great looking video. My friend Hannah did a great job. Hannah Hannah is talented, uh, and uh, and so anyway, so, but she's going to perform that same song here uh, in the studio with us. So tell us a little bit about the song "I Have Peace." Oh, okay. Do you, do you, how little do you want? Tell us uh, <laughs> less than ten minutes, but more than two. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. All right, I can. Um. So, uh, my son, Lincoln, was born in January of 2015, um, but he was supposed to be born in April of 2015. Ah. Um, 
And he was born so early because I had eclampsia, mm-hmm. if anybody knows. So preeclampsia is the thing they get nervous that it, it's going to lead to eclampsia, which is seizures. Um, and so I wasn't feeling very well. And I, you know, this is before the, before the seizure. I didn't know what was going on. I just didn't quite feel well. And it got to this point where I couldn't move my head one way, actually. Um, and then the next day, um, then I had, you know, I had more pain kind of in my abdomen and I called and the OB was like, oh, well, you've got an appointment tomorrow. Just wait it out. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I need to come in. And so I ended up calling my husband. He came home and I drove myself to the hospital and I was in triage for 15 minutes. And then I had a two minute grand mal seizure. Um, and then my yeah and then they said you know we're we're delivering you this today you know your son it's i was at 30 weeks um and so it was very scary and then after that i had so things were going well my son was doing well he was in the NICU i was still in the hospital but it was the day that i was going to get discharged and then I kind of have memory loss, cause, uh, but apparently I told somebody, you know, I, I went to the NICU to go visit my son, and then apparently I told somebody, I feel really weird, I feel like I'm going to have another seizure. And then so next thing I know, I'm just, you know, I'm st- kind of strapped to a bed. Um, I'm on this magnesium drip thing, and I'm stuck, you know, in this bed for 24 hours where, you know, where it's anti-seizure stuff. Um and then my blood pressure is just through the roof. You know, when I had gone in before my first seizure in that triage, my, I think they, they read it and it was like 200 something for Thanks. one teens. Um, and then, you know, that second time, you know, after the, the postpartum preeclampsia, it was really intense. And it was, it, I was in the hospital for eight days. And it was um, just days of like, you know, 150, 160, 180 over. You know, we would get really excited if the bottom number was under a hundred. Um, and so I, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. I could see my pulse. Um, I felt like I was going to explode, um, cause there was just so much pressure under my skin and I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. And I also thought I was going to die before my son was born. And I had just thought, you know, the ma- the first thing I thought is I just drove myself here. I could have had a seizure while I was driving. Or I could have taken the doctor's advice and had a seizure at home with my two kids by myself. And I would have died. <laughs> and yeah. so I just, I remember in that moment on that table, you know, the the first, before my son was born, the first seizure, I just remember... One, being really scared, like I could die on this table. And two, also feeling like, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground kind of thing. Whoa, God saved my life. Yeah. But, at the, but, you know, anyway, so anyway, so I, my, I was on blood pressure meds for about four months after. Um, just, it was just very intense. Um, just really hard to get things under control. And then I just had other things. I think like when your body goes through that much um, pressure, you know, that much, you know, kind of like you stub your toe and it hurts for a while. That was like what happened to my cardiovascular. So f- oh. it reverberated for months. Right. Um, like heart palpitations and stuff like that. And then I'm looking up, you know, heart palpitations at, you know, four months postpartum. And then I learn about cardiomyopathy and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have heart failure. I'm going to die and all these things. So again, it feels like I'm going to die. <laughs> and um, just kind of there was uh, that whole year just kind of feeling like my body was trying to kill me. 
Right. And then later that year, <laughs> I got in a really bad, well, it wasn't really bad. It could have been a lot worse. But I got in a bike accident like I, by myself. You know, I fell off my bike. But I, I broke my collarbone in two. And then, wow. and then it didn't heal right. So then I had to have an orthopedic surgery. And that all happened in the same year. Wait, minor clarification. Like motorcycle or like oh, bicycle? Oh, bicycle. Bicycle. B- bicycle. I know. Okay. It's, I know. It's not... Uh, I'm not judging. It's, I just, just yeah. clarification. Hey, hey, you can be going two. pretty fast on those things. I've, I've been going 20, 25 miles an hour and gone. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I was at Sailorville going yeah. down like the dam. Yep. You know, oh, it was yeah. Never again you will I going. do that. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was just that year. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty with my health, and there was a lot of just fear, which was technically probably irrational fear, but felt pretty rational because a lot of terrible things had already happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the thing that scared me the most was when I thought I was going to, you know, when, when it was like, I might die on this table, and then I got to see exactly how I felt about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you, you have your theology, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know if I died today, I'm 100% sure I'd go to heaven and, like, to... To live is Christ and to die is gain. And so you know all these things and you say all these right answers, but then it's like, today I might die. And then you see how you actually feel about it. And I was terrified. And I was, that was, that was terrifying to me. Because I was like, am I not a Christian? Like, am I not saved? Like, um, should I be that scared? And so anyway, I wrote this song that year to remind myself of truth remind myself of the fact that in Christ I have peace with God you know that that um I have his righteousness that I um I've been made righteous through his blood um that I'm sinful and I messed up and also like I'm faithless sometimes too but that he's made a promise to me and it's based on his word and mine um and so I yeah I wrote this song because I needed to be reminded of and I needed to sing them, and I needed to think about them, and I needed them to help calm me down. And I think it helped. So that's yeah. a great reason to write a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. I, I bet. Uh, so you're ready for it. You're pretty. You set up the pins. Yep, ready, ready to, to knock them down. All right. Okay. So uh, this is uh, I have peace. You're listening to Ali Crummy on Live from the Path.
from me But I have peace, I have peace I have peace with God I have peace, I have peace I have peace with God That's fantastic. I like I, I. That's the story behind it. Is, is um, I don't know. It draws in like it makes it deeper. Yeah, yeah. it deeper. really does. That yeah. was great. Yeah, especially if you have kids. If you have kids, you yeah. know, you see how how easy easy stuff like that is to happen. And I, I you know, I like it in almost its simplicity. Like when things are just not, uh, they're just messy, right? Like it's 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 almost. Just amazingly deep and simple to look back at. Them. Oh, here's the things I know. Yep. I I know that I got it. You yeah. know, if there's a place to start, I think. <laughs> right. I think that's it. Right, and we can't we can't always have peace with people. You know, sometimes that takes a it's a two way street. We can have forgiveness and we can have readiness to be reconciled, but we can't always have peace there. Yeah. Um, but we can have peace, which is really cool. That that that's something that is. That's promised to us, and it's not based on how good of a job we're doing as Christians or how often we're reading our Bibles or whatever. It's based on what he's done for us. I really like that song. Hey, man, so, so as a reminder, that's the, one of the ones you can dig on. You can go out yeah. uh, and uh, hit up the YouTube. That one's out now. That's right. It is available to be listened, to be taken in visually. It's I on mean, Spotify, can... too. It's on Apple Music. It's yeah. on yeah. Amazon. So you could, I mean, you can buy it. You can, can st- purchase it. I can stream you it, can, or I can buy it. You can buy it, and the money would go to me if you. Uh, uh, uh. 
I can stream it for wow. free though, that and you'll get like a. <laughs> oh, <I guess> okay. <laughs> no, we're, saying? we're here for yeah. you. Support yeah. local artists. Yeah. 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 I mean, you want me to tell lies on here? I stream everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So I don't know if you guys remember, Mike and I put a put a song out. Um, but it had been a year, more than a year ago, year no, and a half more or something, to try to raise money for um, uh, the, the orphanages and stuff when you're going to Ethiopia, and like uh, it's on Spotify. I mean, and you get like point zero 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 eight. <laughs> it's actually not even per, per so spin. I'm looking at my Spotify numbers and I did the math and right now it's looking at point zero 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 eight. so it's 10 it's a tenth of what I was expecting yeah <laughs> oh man send an email it was the summer house <laughs> well, the boys were putting out like like some random dudes were putting out their Spotify numbers as, as artists or whatever mm-hmm. like do you get to see do, do we have yes that oh yeah yeah was it? Oh, it was bad. Allie, do you? You're have asking it? about my numbers. Yeah, or you're yeah, asking about no, your guys' no, numbers. Your numbers yeah. No, actually, I was really um, pleasantly surprised by my numbers. Right now, it's getting close to twenty four thousand streams. Awesome on wow. Spotify. Yeah, so you would think that would end up to be more than sixty one dollars, but no, it doesn't. No. End up <laughs> There's to a be bunch of my foos out there streaming the thing. I'm telling you, <laughs> ain't no buying. <laughs> okay, hold uh, on a minute. I'm ready. Uh, yo, what do you got? No, no. No, that's, that's awful. I, I thought I was handed over for dear life from the path. I didn't say. I thought I didn't say. Are you ready? I said I was ready. <laughs> Yodel and porpoise. Up all night. <laughs> Yodel and porpoise. Band name. Uh, While well, Mike's pulling that up again, uh, Instagram at uh, Alicrummy Music, uh, and ho- so hey, here's the deal. Buy the tune, huh? Go out and buy. buy so like, yeah, you can stream it and, and enjoy it, but it, uh, just drop the buck on it or whatever it is. All right. You do, do, you do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, no, it's all good. No, <laughs> it's all good. Allie is much is more. Internet. You cannot tell people to do whatever they <laughs> no. want. You have to tell them specifically. Hey, yeah. spend the dollar. That's dollars. how you get an online pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. don't spend the dollar, we will figure out how to get your website to be yeah. an online pharmacy. Yeah. Too. Here's the deal. Only, only like eight people listen to the program, and so if she doesn't sell eight songs. I know who's responsible. Ooh, <laughs> hey. We are aware of every single we one track of you. That. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got Mike. Dear, live from the path. I work in a small office with five other people. Due to the nature of our business, we work various shifts throughout the day. I am the oldest employee, and when it comes to our schedule, I feel discriminated against. I usually get four night shifts and one day shift a week. Everyone else gets one night shift and the rest day shifts. The lead technician is the one who arranges our schedule. If I ask her about it, she tells me she has no one else or some similar excuse when I know she easily can change things to make it more fair. I'm not one of her, quotes buddies, probably because I'm at least 20 years older than the rest. I just get very frustrated every time I see my new schedule. The part-time people get better hours than I do. Nation? Uh, I don't know if you understand how a at-will employer, <laughs> employee relationship works, sir. But no, it's not discrimination. You could just quit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't. I guess that's the thing. It's like you can say, look, I don't want to work these hours anymore. Booba. No. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, okay, I do. Go ahead. Uh, technically speaking, if, if, if you. When it comes to discrimination and things like that, the burden of proof is on the employer, not on you. And so you basically have to just claim it, and then they have to prove that they. If they don't have any kind of documented process when it comes to how you get shift bids, how you get schedules, how the schedules are made, if there have been not documented conversations of we asked other employees, no one's able to, we have 
um, a yearly thing that we ask everyone what their availability is, that kind of stuff. The employer has to supply that kind of information to show that it's not a kind of discrimination. Yeah, but I have a two-year track record of him showing up and working these shifts. Uh, agreed. No, I'm so, not. I'm not uh, saying. You know. I'm not saying it is discrimination by textbook. What I'm saying is that you have a claim. Plus, everyone else is going to school or whatever. You're the only guy available. Which is why that. the burden so of proof is on the employer part. to go. Yeah. Hey, I have documented processes that say every three months we have a shift bid based off the merit. My employees. No. Every or, night I schedule them and he shows up. That's, yeah, that's my proof. It, yeah. yeah, and if you have conversations that have that documented, you're in a lot better of a place than just saying, hey, I did it and I hope for the best. That's that's the place we're at right now when it comes to employment law. You are right. It's an at-will employer. You're absolutely right. You have every right to leave at any point in time, just like your employer has a right to fire. Well, yeah, just because you have the right to leave doesn't mean you weren't discriminated. Yeah, exactly, right? Just because it's an at-will employer yeah, or an at-will <laughs> country, really, um, doesn't mean that discrimination doesn't happen. Doesn't I mean, here's mean the thing. If right I felt you were you were digging for the right reasons here, you're asking if it's discrimination because you're gearing up for to do something naughty. You're yeah. going to be a Mr. Nasty Pants. Like, you're not saying, how do I get this fixed, or do I have any legal obligation to get myself put on day shift? You're not saying, how can I... Resolute this problem, right? Exactly. You're like, how can I dramatize this problem the and make that, it huge? The way the discrimination goes and wrongful termination and all that kind of stuff, you're absolutely right. You should have the conversations with your employer first before you go to the legal system. The legal system is in place because you had the conversations with your employer already, you had conversations with their bosses or whatever that looks like, and they weren't willing to do things for you. And prove that. Point. Yeah, he's using a lot it's of not I a, feel language. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. It's not immediately, hey, I feel like I'm being discriminated against. I haven't spoken to anyone, but I did call OSHA or I did call the Department of Labor. That's mm-hmm. that's not a fair thing to do. You're not allowing your employer to fix things. Mm-hmm. But if you just feel bad about something, especially if the conversation or the thing that they said was, it's probably because I'm 20 years older than them and not a part of their friend club. That means you haven't had a real structured conversation with your employer that says, hey, I do feel discriminated against, and I fix that. That's the whole job of an HR manager mm-hmm. is to field those kind of uh, responses and c- those kind of conversations and yeah. to go, okay, let me investigate and look into that. Let me see what's happening. Prove on my end that it's not discrimination, and then make sure on your end it doesn't look like discrimination. Yeah, okay. That's the whole deal of an HR So, manager. So, I mean, roll it up. Here's the thing. As, as, a, as a person, practical perspective, understand that uh, we, the, the word discrimination has become a loaded term. Absolutely. To discriminate between things is to make distinctions. <laughs> you have two different shifts, sir. Uh, three different shifts, it sounds like. Out of five people? What kind of operation is this? It sounds like a drug cartel. Right. Anyway, uh, so you need to think about this from a, from a more practical perspective. Uh, are they treating you differently because you're doing night shifts primarily and someone else is doing day shifts primarily? Yes, that is a distinction. Not a discrimination. It's a distinction. Now, if they are doing that because uh, – are there, are there probably reasons for that? Sure. Are they implicitly nefarious? No, no. not necessarily. I can think of a, a completely plausible explanation that it has to do with age, frankly. If I got five people in my office and one guy no longer has children or whatever and he seems to be freer at night, of which four of my younger folks just seem to be tied up or whatever uh, at nighttime and so they need to be uh, working during the day and so that's what works out for them. Uh, great. It's probably not that he's because they want him on the night shift. It's because no one else is willing to take the night shift, and he, say, he seems to put up with it. That's not discrimination. Right. If you don't like it, absolutely you need to have that conversation. There's no reason you shouldn't have that and say, look, I don't want to keep doing this. You need to try harder. I'm doing this because I thought I was helping the company or whatever. Uh, I don't intend to do this forever. I need you to help and get me another shift. Totally cool. But let's just be clear that like people make decisions for reasons. Just because those are synonyms to discrimination – doesn't mean there you actually have a problem. It's just a distinction that was made for a reason. 
you need to actually know whether it's a nefarious reason, and you need to have actually attempted to solve the problem or to improve your situation before you start saying things like discrimination. I'm not saying, like, if, you, if they are discriminating against you, then you should do something about it. You have full-fledged to do it. But I'm just saying, like, let's walk into it like a, don't assume the worst. Uh, let's try to solve it in the best possible way we can. Uh, let's try to make peace with people around to the extent that we can do it. And then only take action when you actually have to. That's what I'm saying. Declar's advice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? We all good here? I agree. I agree with what you said. Okay. Allie, you good? I mean, I I might be I might be a little bit more. I mean, I agree that he probably should talk to the employer first. The question I would ask is maybe why hasn't he? Maybe there's a reason why he hasn't. Right. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable bringing that. Maybe he doesn't feel like he will be listened to. Maybe he does feel like there's uh, an un un hostile environment that there's a reason why he. I mean, um, but like, doesn't he have to do it anyway? Like, like again, let's say he feels that way, but I mean, I feel like he's yeah, got, he probably still should. You should validate it. He should probably yeah. still. He probably <laughs> yeah. still should. But, but if you if you think about you know if if may, yeah maybe there's he could cite reasons why he wouldn't or or maybe yeah but I think there could be reasons why it might not be as um, generous on his end. Yeah, well, I, I think that goes to a broader point, which is like you don't have to live it. Like it doesn't have to be a comfortable conversation, but oh, but right. here's the thing: is that like still needs to happen. Like no, yeah, no one can function off what you yeah. what you think or what you believe, right? Like if you want to, if you're talking about something tangible, they are discriminating against me. Then do something tangible that says, "Hey, are you discriminating against me?" Or I want day shifts, and they won't do it because of my age. Great, nailed it. We're good to go. <laughs> and I, I get that it probably won't be that clean, but like I I do want to make sure. I think there's a prudence in. Uh, even as followers of Jesus, guys, like we, we do have to deal with our reality. Uh, and like a lot of times we get caught up in what is not actually, we don't know if it's true. We just believe see, something may or may not be true, and we don't actually give people the chance to actually act in it. Where, 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 where injustices exist, we should be acting into that. But like we got to make sure they actually exist and not just kind of in our, in our minds or whatever. And so like you're going to have to take the step, and then whatever, if, if it validates what you think, great, you have actionable things, go, go to town. But I would say too that, in as much as like he should, should make sure that it exists. He should bring the conversation to you. You should also not assume that he's just bringing this up to be make a stink. You know what I mean? Like you should assume that he he's good hearted about it. Right. That he that he has done his due diligence, not that he's just trying. I, yeah, I, I see that. Uh, uh, two problems. We are limited to his text. The text that right. he provided. Uh, and he, he did choose words. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, that does, I think, bring up the prudent point on how you talk about things. Like, if I want to talk about I would like a different shift, if I certainly open with, hey, you may be discriminating against me, I, I'm not... That's You're probably, the defense not, that's probably not the wisest way yeah. to go about that conversation. I mean, there's only five in the office, so everybody knows what's happening. Right. I, I'm, I'm wondering, did I read between the lines, or did he actually come out? I mean, has he been there longer than everybody, or is he just an older, or he or she? I think a, he's just an older, an older person. employee. Mm -hmm. What's that? He's just an older employee. So they could have all started the same day, maybe. Sure. I'm just thinking, why didn't they say, surely they signed up with some type of agreement, but maybe the, the manager or whatever came in later, that's quite possible, or? I don't know if that even matters. I just yeah. and are we sure that he didn't bring it already? To, like that he didn't have the conversation, or that he didn't you know, put in a request to. Based off the fact that, like the, the statement he had made was, it seems like 
I'm not a part of their friend group because yeah. uh, I'm 20 years older. That seems more like this is just his observations. Well, of maybe, the, yeah, or of it could be maybe a man and like... doesn't actually like hasn't actually done any real research or conversation. And that does happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, it's just natural. No, absolutely. Just, there's there's, yeah. there's naturally, especially with com- small companies, there are yeah. people that uh, will have favoritism regardless. I mean, right. it's just part of being a part of a small company, too. Yeah, I was just thinking um, it could be like a casual conversation and yeah. it says, hey, I'd like to work days. And it, and then it's just, oh, I'm my guard's down, so I just laugh it off. Right. And then everyone else is laughing, and then that might be why it seems mm-hmm. part of the friend yeah, group. That's fair. Yeah, I stick with it. So formalize it. Whatever, whatever's going on, you're going to need to formalize. If you're talking about a formal response, then you need to formalize the interaction of what you're responding to. Otherwise, otherwise you're, yeah, you're, you're just bad at Just have a conversation. Hey, I'd really like to get on shifts, and I'd like it to be where, where it's not sided versus the other. Doing formal. Hey, it's, doing, right? yeah. it's literally polar opposites. Right. And we start mixing it a and little bit. And here's the thing. is that It's not his place to dictate what other people do. No. Like, so what I'm saying is like, that other, other people are also on days is not necessarily his deal. He oh, can say, true. I wish to work days. Yeah. But like, it's not his place to go, and I want Steve to have to work three right, nights. Right, exactly. Too. I have to right. switch. Not his person. place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just say what you want. I, that, that, like, everyone's gone through a work experience. It's happened to me multiple times. Like, you just got to say what it is that you're looking for and give people a chance to respond. Sometimes they'll do it the way you want, sometimes they won't. Right. Um, but, like, I, I'm not being fair to someone unless I've gone through at least some formal means of, like, oh, I hope they catch on that I don't like nights. It's not, it just doesn't, right. it can't work that way, guys. You just have to right. say it out loud. Okay, Secular says, most modern human resources departments are bloated and ineffective. <laughs> five people work Interesting. at the place. <laughs> Interesting, is, Mike. If you're choosing this as a career path, I suggest you turn around and become a mall Santa. Interesting. Could one do both? Could one be involved in both a formalized HR and also some kind of mall Santa? Excuse me. I'm, I'm not finished. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm asking a question to Secular. I, my bad. No. I, I, you're obviously not just saying these words out loud. Secular also says... Did you fill out? A, did you fill out a form listing your availability as open or flexible? If so, modify it. If you truly feel you are being discriminated against because of your age, talk to your supervisor's boss about it. If they're unavailable, you can waste your time with human resources, but they are most likely going to ignore your concerns and continue to upper crust themselves. Wait, how much of that was what they really said? Almost fifty percent. I was going to say fifty percent. <laughs> Upper crust. This is. <laughs> That's when we realized that that part was definitely a mic. I mean, it's, I'm impressed. I <laughs> ran out of gas. <laughs> I thought I the had upper crust themselves. <laughs> I thought I had something, but I didn't. It was sure the great people. Now, what did secular actually say, Mike? That was the gist of it. Do you have a form that says you're open or flexible? If you don't, if you have one, then change it. If not, talk to your equal opportunity employment committee. I, oh, I wouldn't go straight to the EOC. I mean, just give people... That, that's what I'm saying. Like, give people a chance to handle it well. If they right. don't handle it well, then, then take the next step. Absolutely. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't fill out a form, and then if it doesn't get fixed, you go straight to the EOC. Like, maybe actually have a conversation with a manager, yeah. HR, anybody. Let's be humans about this, especially a, a group of five people. Like, this is a very right. human conversation. Let's do that. If you can remember the name of every single person in your company, I feel like you could have a conversation yeah. with some of them. You know what, Ted? This ain't working out. Yeah. It's like, man, I really wish I could fix this. If only 80% of the other company weren't 20 feet away. I only had excess. <laughs> man, they're, they're faceless. They're nameless up there in corporation. It's... <laughs> a procrastinate. 
<laughs> we have our forms and upper crusts. It's like, man. The upper oh, crust. Oh, man. All right, you want to do one more? Yes, yeah, we'll okay, do one more. Okay, here we go, last one. Dear Life from the Path, I'm asking for advice about our daughters-in-law. We have two sons whose wives want to spend every holiday with their parents, period. No alternating holidays. That means my husband and I spend the holidays alone, then, quotes get to have a get-together at a date and time convenient for them. Mm-hmm. I know our sons are partly at fault because they are trying to keep peace in their lives. Any suggestions <laughs> would be appreciated. One daughter-in-law used the excuse that her grandfather's 99 and may not be around forever, yep. to which I replied that I'm 70 and none of us know how long we have. We raised our daughters to respect her in-laws as well as us and alternates holidays. Please help with this. No. No, I'm not going to help. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. You're wrong. You know, though, they, they, <laughs> they, they just be, a, be adults. I mean, I mean, share. Just share. Alternate every other year. Figure out a plan and do it. I mean, nobody's going to get them all the time. They are being dorks. They are being dorks. They really are. Thanks, Dan. I mean, yeah. Hey, listen, you guys are being dorks. <laughs> You're being dorks. I, I mean, just share. Go back and forth. Wait, so you two seem pretty adamantly on the they're wrong thing. Are you saying they're wrong for wanting their holidays with No, their of kids? course not. I think they're wrong. In how, for, for, uh, look at how she presented it. Right, no. like oh, absolutely, it's like, it's catty and hurt. My 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 son is trying to keep peace because there's a vile shrew on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. he's part. They're partly at fault because they're trying to keep peace in their families. Yeah, oh, he's he's a spineless turd who can't really do anything on his own because he's under, yeah. like it, he makes his own decisions. Uh, they make their own decisions as a couple. They will do what they want to do. And so, like, um, here's the thing: it, it's it, it's just. Um, I, it just sometimes it doesn't work out as you want it to. Right. Like you're, yeah. you're two people. You, you what it is. Well, uh, the, the the man left you uh, and became one flesh with somebody else. They will act independently as a couple as they see fit, unless they're saying I will never visit you or don't come at all during the holidays. Like stop fighting over the date. Uh, in fact, I know there's there's a there's a family I know they've just got like a lot of there's a lot of uh, brothers and sisters, a lot of marriages, a lot of cousins, and they're like, you know what? We're just gonna meet like the second week of January. Yep. I thought that's great. I heard that I heard that this week, and I thought. That's fantastic because, like, w- are we really tied to the calendar? Is that really the deal? Right. And so, look, maybe the guy is ninety nine. I mean, you're going to pull rank on a guy that's thirty years older than you because you might die soon. Again, that seems like a real unnecessary wedge. Just, just take it humbly. Say, look, we'd love to see you whenever you guys can come by. If you can work it out to be here, we'd we'd love that. Uh, if not, our doors are open week before, week after, anything like that work. That'd be fantastic. I think too. You could say something like, "How about in August?" You say, hey, let's have this plan for Thanksgiving. Would you guys like to join us for this point? So you just try to get in a little bit earlier. and Outschedule the 99-year-old? Yeah, have a specific plan in mind. So, you know, because I I think that, you know, I think it could make sense to that you want to see your kids on the holidays sometime, you know, rather than at home by yourself. And I don't think it's good. Those are the only two options? I don't think it's a good family dynamic to, like, to have that kind of resentment kind of brewing. But there shouldn't so. be that. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, like, that, that seems very immature to me. Like, it's, it's not either my kids are in town or I'm a lonely spinster. Like, yeah. those are not the only two options available. It's really immature yeah, on both but, sides, though. Well, I was going to say, though, but there is something about having the holiday, the day of the it calendar with your family. Right. Like, I, I don't think there's a problem with making it a deal where it's like, we're going to spend actual Christmas with family A this year. 
and then actual Christmas with family be next year, and then we'll schedule like a thanks miss at the end of November or the beginning of December. Yeah, or I just have thanks January. miss myself. Yeah, yeah. we do a mm-hmm. thanks miss every year with my family because mm-hmm. there's so many of us, mm-hmm. and it's just easier to wrap it. Like I, yeah. I appreciate you right now. I'm gonna wait it out. Ra- ra- <laughs> wrap it up all into one day, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna do a couple birthdays, and then this is Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're gonna eat and we're gonna do presents or. Here's a $50 gift card. I won't see you that day. Go get yourself some nice, whatever. Right. You know, and we all recognize we're all adults. We have families. There's like 12 grandkids and most of us have kids. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, we don't have time for this. We're just going to do it. Our family. Right. I just think this person has kind of has a little bit of a victim mindset, which yeah. is like that this is just happening and I can't do anything, which I think, you know, is a sad place to be that they think that, um, that they're accommodating for this other family. But, and I think that that is not a good ground for like the relationship. So I just think maybe they just try something else. Like try it, see if it will work out in their favor, see if they, they're willing to keep, or, you know, they've just been pushovers. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess one of my reactions is their, their attitude probably isn't helping, to be honest. Right, like yeah. if this is how they've approached this, I don't know if this is making life any easier for the people who are like, you obviously have to make decisions on where you're going to, and so, like, um, recognizing that you cannot have you cannot have it every year, I would I would be gracious about it. Now, I, I, I'm not disagreeing that there sounds like there's an imbalance here. And really, what it comes down to is you just have two different groups of people who need to try their best to make some accommodations and mm-hmm. say, "Look, I care about you. I care. Uh, I appreciate that you want to see us in this point. We will work to try to do this." Like, um, without putting on this is maybe this is why Mike folded his arms, but like. There is a lot of, un, I think, unnecessary stress that people have about trying to get to different families. Like, I, it's not worth the burn, man. Like, I, like, I, I think that's overdone. And this is that's why I'm, the, I'm, I'm kind of reacting to like, hey, is it on the day? Like, is it, is it really the day? Like, is that the, is it have to be the thing? Because like, that's that's accepting everybody else is pouring into the day. If we poured everything into the twenty first and said that's when we're going to do it as a family, it should be just as good. Because it's what you put into it. It's, what, it's how you thought about it. And so there's, I think there are ways to accommodate this. I think um, uh, be humble, be gracious, be thankful when you have their company. Um, and I think I would, if you react to them in that way and kind of show them what it looks like to do that, maybe they'll respond in kind. Uh, and they will work their, their best to otherwise meet up with you and, and want to come visit you with them and accusing their wives of being harpies or whatever it is that your internal problem is. Mike? You want secular advice? Did you did you have any commentary? Yeah, was that? A, I'm sorry, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch sure that. Do. <laughs> say, there's way more than whatever the story she's telling. I'm telling you right now, this woman is telling the shade of the story that she wants to tell. Right. Frankly, she's probably hard to get along with. Nobody wants to go over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing: if you if you go about that, we're talking blindly to a public masses, right? Which means it's got to be different to my face. But like, if you go about insinuating that my wife is the type of woman that you're describing her as. The odds of me bringing my family over to visit you are low. Like, I just, I flat out will not tolerate that, right? Like, you are a grown adult, and you can, and, and like, Ben's right. I left, you you leave your parents' house, and you leave to another person, and that's it. The two are one, and, like, I, I, I will not tolerate, like, this old, you know, tale as old as time where you're going to shrew about my wife. <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I cannot imagine I was going to abide that. And so, like, if that is your approach to dealing with my new my family that we're starting and supporting uh i mean yeah whatever i come to your place at christmas time you get to 24th 
ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I, I feel like it's it's pretty easy to say you're right when they play the victim fiddle and go, hey, you know, if if it's exactly as you say, then yes, this is not fair, and things need to be adjusted. But like when you when you write in under your own uh, precepts and defenses and leave out any part of the story that doesn't make you look glowing, then it's really hard to buy what you're saying. Like, it's, it's just, it cannot be that simple. It, it feels like a really one-sided approach, which sometimes, makes me think there's other stuff happening. I will say, though, sometimes I feel like the, the harder-to-get-along-with family is the, the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, you know, so maybe they are the easier to get along with, you know, that they're not, they're, they're easier to please, and this other family is more volatile, and so really? that's why they keep, that, that would be my. I literally my just said thought. the opposite of what I said. I literally did just as a complete opposite. opposite. Yes, <laughs> that never even occurred to me to go to the I, family that's more quarrelsome. That was more. I'm that straight was up my, off. Like, yeah, that was kind of more my assumption. Um, you probably have better boundaries than I do, <laughs> um, and I'm more of a people pleaser. <laughs> um, right on. There <laughs> so, you go. All right, you ready for secular's advice? Yeah, let's have it. Hey, yeah, let's hear it, old man. Okay, secular uh, says. Secular says, modern HR departments are bloated. (laughs) (laughs) Secular says. Mike, do we need to talk about what I care about? This this happens in many families. I wish I could wave a magic wand and turn your daughter-in-laws into less insensitive, more caring people. Oh, no. Are you making that up? No. Ah, No. But I cannot. Your sons are more than partly at fault for not insisting on fairness. Because they're not assertive, the most pragmatic... Oh, boy. (laughs) The most pragmatic suggestion I can offer is that you make plans of your own for the holidays that don't include them. The nicest oh. your budget allows. Oh, man. Yep. Fightful. Passive-aggressive. Woo! Yep. Passive-aggressive. Yeah, we're not coming much. to your Thanksgiving. Check out this one. Yeah. We got the rib roast instead of the turkey. Yeah. Your daughter-in-laws are a couple of hedgehogs, and your boys are lighting the loafers. <laughs> what the heck? Your whole family's terrible. But you're great. Spend big money on yourself. Ting. Sounds like an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, it does. It 100% does. Can we go back to the part about the modern HR department? I didn't. That really, no. That felt good. Boy, yeah, do you yeah, want to get involved with something like that? Is that your thing? I'm actually very interested in getting involved oh. with something like that. It sounds great. Oh. <laughs> tell from my discrimination breakdown. <laughs> Boy, I didn't see that advice coming. That just that took a right. That was surprisingly like harsh and exactly passive aggressive for secular. Aggressive. Right. I mean, I get like a soft left, and I get like trying like, like either basically the the, the variances in our uh, advice are who, who's responsible for trying to smooth this thing out, right. and who has the more dominant role in smoothing something out. You can go down the middle. You can say, look, the parents <laughs> should put more effort into it. Uh, or the people should put more effort to it, but like that's that's where our variations is. This woman took a hard left off a cliff, and and she put said, the, screw them all. Yeah, go on vacation. Screw them all. Make your own. Grab really your husband. Nice Thanksgiving plans. Thelma yeah. and Louise off the side with your middle finger out. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it sounded like. That right. it right. doesn't address the problem that she raised no. in the first place. Correct. Like, it she does wanted, not. To, she wanted to hang out with her family. Stay angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you but don't do need them. Screw them. No. <laughs> go get yourself a nice new fur coat and show it to them. Like, uh-huh, this is what I can afford. Yeah. Oh, old furry visits me every Christmas. <laughs> All right, that's terrible. Um, hey, maybe you disagree with that. Maybe you feel like we've been overly, overly harsh, or uh, I mean, too, too overly sensitive on on any of the matters. Use the complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. By the way, Dan, are you seven seven eight? Blah 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 blah. No, did no. you? I'm just throwing. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. 
Someone had called the complaint line and said, the cool old guy with the beard is my favorite. Oh, wow. So I'm not old. That's the problem. <laughs> Whoever you were, I, I'm not actually old. I'm 28. So uh, Maybe they, yeah, that could be. Well, the camera sometimes ages you 20, 10 years, 10, 20 years. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay. I'm just saying, I don't, it doesn't say Dan's name on it. I'm just... I'm just I'm cycling through the people. Wait, who just, a, text? just a quick text. Just a quick check of my phone contacts here. Pastor Dan is under the digits five one five. Read it, Ben. What you, what do you have here? Uh, seven seven eight. Seven seven eight. Yeah. Whole number. Uh, zero. On the- blank blank nine two. There we go. Yeah. yeah. See, that was once connected to a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. I, illegitimate operation. Yeah. I'm not really company. sure what happened to it. In, in the, <laughs> There was some offshore accounts that went off. It was weird. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. well, that explains it. <laughs> I stand corrected. I apologize, they Dan. Were, they, they, were, they were upper crusting it. Your order is I'll, in. I'll be over for Christmas. I've heard that rumor about HR people. They're very upper crusty. <laughs> they're, upper, they're pretty upper yeah. crusty. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's uh, let's 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 top this thing off on the best possible uh, note, Allie. Mm-hmm. Saddle saddle up on your uh, on your instrumentation there. And why do you always got to use some kind of weird explanation for grabbing the guitar? <laughs> what should I say? Can't you just say, hey, we're going to play a tune? You're like, giddy up with the horse. Grab the, po- <laughs> grab the pogo stick. Throw the axe on your back. <laughs> grab your back backpack music slingshot. <laughs> I don't remember get, doing Get that. your six-string a wingadine. I mean, you can't just say it regular. You always got to say something completely ridiculous. <laughs> the music slingshot. <laughs> Hey, says the dude who came up with upper crusting. Yeah. Hold on. I'll do a second impersonation of Ben. Hey, uh, let's hear the sweet vocal tones. Don't <laughs> so want a concerto. It'll be bad. Yeah. Don't no, it if it's not true. <laughs> Full colon. You just say, hey, man, Allie's playing music today. Welcome. But no, you got to get all weird and creepy about it. You, you are the dude that introduces the band at the Smoky Downtown Jazz Club. Like, that's totally yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, just, I hope you I'm brought just... your own brandy because this music is so weird. <laughs> well, shoot, there go my next three taglines. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get some new material. <laughs> okay. Um, have we given you enough time to grab your guitar by chance? <laughs> yeah. Saddled up. All right. <laughs> See, vindicated. <laughs> All right, playing music. Like a regular Joe. <laughs> there. You like that? You're a big loser. <laughs> you are not the father. Uh, all right. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Rounding out this rodeo. Right, um, let's see. This, so this one's going to be on the, the spring EP. There's two EPs next year. This one's going to be on the spring one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, this is called Our God is Compassionate. Now, here's the thing. This is where I feel weird when I say, where did this song come from? Because I think to myself, I should know this. I believe God is compassionate, but is there is there a specific instance of which this came out of? Um, I think it came out of seeing how not compassionate I am, and how like the I'll talk. This talks about you know that God is slow to anger, mm-hmm. but that I you know it came out of seeing that I'm not you know kind of um being like how quick to anger I could be with my kids you know when they weren't sleeping well with nap time or if they were whatever, just how quick I could be to snap at them. And, you know, just just reminding myself that God is not like that. I should not, I should not be like that. Yeah. Um, that God's not like that with me. And that if I meditate on that, then hopefully I can be more compassionate to them and to anybody else. 
Oh man, yeah, yeah. Always a stark reminder. Like uh, when I realize that God has treated me much better than I've treated absolutely anybody today. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, sweet. So uh, that we're going to end the show with this. Uh, again, that's Ali Crummy Music, at Ali Crummy Music on Instagram. Uh, if, just, if you just search for Ali Crummy, I'm sure you can find any uh, Facebook or YouTube action that you might be enthralled with. Um, and, uh, again, you can check out that I Have Peace video. Keep an, And you can stream it on uh, wherever legit music is available, so uh, Spotify and such, and, uh, and, but, but buy a copy. And then you can stream it all you want to, but I do want you to buy, Those buy a copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So let's let's take this out uh, once again. This is Ali Crummy with "Our God Is Compassionate." You're listening to Life from the Path.
山。